Welcome to The Pilgrim, the podcast for Jesus followers like you who wants tips and advice to grow their faith in the ups and downs of journeying through this world. I am O.O. Living and I'm your host. Since last week, we have been looking at the essential for finishing our race. Today we turn to the third essential, a daily commitment to God as a living sacrifice. Paul wrote in Romans 12.1, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. As we daily reflect on the gospel and what God has done for us in Christ, this should lead us to present ourselves as daily living sacrifices. In using the word sacrifice, Paul was obviously drawn from the Old Testament sacrificial system. Those sacrifices are set forth for us in the book of Leviticus, and all of them together portrayed the one great sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether or not Paul had in mind a particular sacrifice, one of them, I think, best help us understand what Paul is saying when he says to give our bodies to God as living and holy. That is the bond offering. I think the bond offering helps us understand what Paul is saying because two things we are unique about the bond offering. First, of all the animal sacrifice offerings, the bond offering was the only one in which the entire animal was consumed upon the altar. With the others, only certain portions were burned on the altar and the remaining portion were reserved for the priest or even in one case for the offerer and his family. But with the bond offering, the entire animal was consumed upon the altar and for the reason it was called the bond offering. And for that reason, it was called the whole burnt offering. And it signified not only atonement for sin, but also consecration or dedication of the offerer to God. Also, the priests on duty were, pres- were to present a burnt offering twice a day, in the morning and in the evening, so that the fire would go out upon the altar and compare with Leviticus 6, 8 to 13. In other words, there was always a burnt offering being consumed upon the altar. And so for that reason, it has been called a continual burnt offering. So there were two descriptive terms, a whole burnt offering and a continual burnt offering. And I think that you can readily see the application that can be drawn from that. First of all, the whole burnt offering could signify that we are to consecrate our entire being, not only ourselves, but all that we are and all that we have. Everything about us we are to consecrate, to dedicate to God, to give to Him as a sacrifice. Then the word continually says to us that This must be repeated consistently and constantly 
just as we have a tendency to revert to a work-based relationship with God, we have a tendency to want to take back that which we have committed to God. Often, in a moment of high spiritual emotion, we might sincerely and honestly say, Lord, I give my whole body, my body, my being, my mind, my service, my money, everything about me. Lord, I consecrate it all to you. And then we go out and in a few weeks, we are confronted with some issues and tend to draw back and we realize that we are not as consecrated as we thought we were. Daily renewal of this consecration helps us to keep doing that. The second word that's significant in Romans 12 verse 1 is the word give. Paul says to give your bodies to God as a living and holy sacrifice. The idea Paul wants us to see is to give over or to put at another's disposal. Giving ourselves to God doesn't mean it's a loan. God has, God has not asked us to loan ourselves temporarily to Him. He has asked us to give ourselves to Him as living sacrifices to use as He pleases. The fact is, objectively, this has already taken place. That the, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20, You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Paul wants us to affirm in our hearts and in our emotions what is true in reality, but he approaches it by the way of a plead. He does not say, this is your duty to do. He does not say, you're not your own, so you don't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> Paul said, I plead with you. We see something familiar in the short letter of Paul to Philemon. To review the story, Philemon owned a slave named Onesimus. At some point prior to this letter, Onesimus has deserted Philemon and had probably stolen from him in the process. He had made his way from what is now modern-day Turkey across Greece all the way to Italy, and there he encountered Paul in Rome during Paul's first imprisonment. There Paul led him to Christ and discipled him, but Paul realized there was an issue. Onesimus needed to make things right with Philemon, so Paul sent Onesimus back to Philemon, but he sent him with a letter. The purpose of the letter was to ask Philemon to receive Onesimus, to forgive him for having run away and probably having stolen as well, and not only to forgive him, but now to receive him as a brother. Now that's quite a thing to ask. So this is the way Paul approaches it. I am boldly asking a favor of you. I would demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for the sake of Jesus Christ. Philemon 8-9 Paul would have said, Philemon, you don't really have a choice. It is your Christian duty to forgive and 
receive Onesimus. Paul didn't approach Philemon that way. Instead, he pleaded because of our love. He wanted Philemon to desire to do what it was his duty to do. He did not want to force Philemon. And so he pleaded with Philemon to do for Christ's sake that which he should do in obedience to the command of God. In the same way, the Apostle Paul pleads with us. He says, I plead with you, presenting our bodies as living sacrifices is not something that we shake off and say, well, I've done that. It's a duty I should do. It should be a spontaneous response to our feeding on the gospel. We are talking about communion with God. We are talking about being consecrated and embraced by His love and His grace. And and we see that in the gospel. The Bible says in 1 John 4.10 that God showed His love to us by sending His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That is, to exhaust the wrath of God that you and I should have experienced. As we daily feed on the gospel, we bask in His love and genuinely boxing in His love will lead us to give our bodies to God as living and holy sacrifices. But that has to be renewed every day. It has to be renewed daily. Because we can't live today on yesterday's commitment. We are at the verge of backsliding if we don't recommit ourselves to God every day. Every day we commit Every day we give ourselves anew to God. If we don't do that, we will desert Jesus. The outworking of giving our bodies to God as living sacrifices will be different from each of us. Yes, it will be different. So, you should ask God to show you your own. Let me close with the statement. One thing you should always keep at the forefront of your mind is the fact that you will never outgrow your desperate need for Christ. Because this, my friend, is the incentive you can use to give yourself continually every day to God as a living sacrifice. And so we come to the end of today's episode on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the week. I am your host, O.O. Living. See you on Thursday.